Sweeney Pod. The pod was long and the hosts were on. Oh my god, I love the There is pooping in the woods. Bailey, that was such a good so idea. So much pooping in the Stop. Woods. <laughs> just, this is my Mandy Patinkin. So much. You sound just like Mandy Patinkin. Do I sound like uh, I All wish, I can man. think of is a Vita music uh, now. Oh man, the, the way that that motherfucker moves from his chest voice to his full voice, yeah, it's just, it's maddening how good he is. He's great. He's great. And now he's in what, Homeland? I saw him up on a billboard today. Yeah, I was like, yeah he's been on, been on that show for a while. Mandy. Yeah, he's I mean, the best part of that show. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, Never seen uh, it. Hey guys, welcome to episode two of Sweeney Pod, the demon podcast of Fleet Street. That is Sweeney such Pod. a good idea, baby. such a good name. Sweeney Pod. Uh, welcome to the theater, theater, theater podcast for theater people made by the theater nerds from the LA theater scene. I'm Jay Bailey Bertram. I'm CJ Merriman. And I'm Scott Leggett. For each member of the Sacred Fools Theater Company, and each week we get together and we talk about plays and playwrights that we have strong opinions on and we discuss, debate, and disseminate all over them. And this is episode two, like I said, of our mini-series on Stephen Sondheim. Now, when yes. we left off last, we had just finished talking about Company. Company. Yes. Which I think was I think his first, love, that was right? the breakthrough Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the breakthrough. The show. I, we'll do our ratings later, obviously, but I think this is uh, this is definitely in the top five, I think, for most people. Yeah. I would argue maybe even... Uh, top three for a <laughs> I kicked over my water Jesus bottle. Christ. Yeah, I have to make noise because there's no other cat noises happening. Um, have you talked about us being in the Broadwater? Oh yeah, we're in the Broadwater. We're in the we're in the theater. Uh, we're actually in a theater space, a T H E A T E R space. We're in a space, <laughs> and it's it's beautiful. Our the name of our pod is Theater Theater. Uh, if you if you don't know, the first one is spelled with an R E at the end, art which form. is the art form. Thank you, CJ. She knows how passionate I am about this. And, uh, you know, the second one is uh, T-H-T- T-H-E-A-T-E-R, which is the building. Now, right. a lot of people like to debate that specifically. Uh, the blogger, Stephen Stanley, who was a L.A. blogger about theater, and he he and I had it out on Facebook one time what? because oh. he he only writes with the E-R because oh. that's what American journalists do. But in everywhere else where they speak English, specifically in England, huh. they use R-E for the art form and E-R for, because that's originally what it was. We as Americans just like to simplify things and be dumb because <laughs> we're dumb. Brother, let me tell you this. Tell I know this. that this is a hill that you're prepared to die on. You've said it. Oh, yeah. You've said it as I much. I think it's worth sure. it. And I've got your back. Yeah. I'm going to back you on that. I'm note. with you. I'm going to get you up to the top of that hill. Yo. 
Yeah. Yes. I'm no longer I got the Sisyphus. French flag. I'm no, waving no, it in the back. Right behind now. me. I love it. See, that's the because thing. Because it's these little things that make our culture worth it. That's it right. Really is. <laughs> and especially right now, we really need to like have each other's backs. So, um, I don't know if anybody knows this, but to, you know, put a time and timestamp on this thing, uh, there's fires going on. Uh, the world is burning all over. Uh, but we're in Los Angeles and, uh, I work at the Pasadena Playhouse and I was sweeping the courtyard today and I could barely see in front of me and I also can't breathe anymore. Yeah. Uh, it smells it's like horrible. a cookout outside all the time. It now. does. It's but not it's but it's just the smell without the fun. Yes, we're in hell. We are in hell, and that's okay. Um, We're the Mayan calendar ended in 2012, and we've just been in hell ever since. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so that's uh, all I have to say about Sondheim. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Um, And it's uh, it's important because this is the first, well, now the second episode that uh, we've recorded in the same room together. I hadn't seen yeah. Bailey physically since March. That's crazy. And we had all of our first eight episodes and the sub episodes therein were all recorded all, via Well, Zoom. all three of us, actually, Bailey and I discussed, the last time I was here in the theater was for the reading, which both you and I were in, which was right. also, so that was yeah. the last time uh, all three of us were in the same place. It was in not wow. this exact theater, but because that was Monday. And then by Thursday night, everything had been canceled for that weekend. Yeah. Right. Deep, deep friend of the pod, Natalie, Nicole Dressel wrote, can't wait to have her on. That they uh, did a really great staged reading of the week before this all hit. And it was the last time we were all together. Yeah. It was the last time I performed on CJ stage. CJ and Scott were in it and were both phenomenal. And I even went, I went to Natalie afterwards and was like, but when you do it, that's the cast. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, you can't really, you know I mean? Maybe a couple recaps, but for the love, most part, that was it. I would love. Um, she's a phenomenal playwright, phenomenal uh, person. And she's a great performer too. And performer and yeah. just all around everything. I think she has a birthday coming up as well. Yes. Uh, I don't know if they listen to this podcast i'm sure they don't but that's okay love to them anyway <laughs> um <laughs> i don't want our friends to listen to this i just i want really? it to all be strangers that's <laughs> my dad I, I called my dad on my birthday and we talked for a bit and he i i told him he was like you know he always asks me like what's your next episode who are you guys talking about and i'll tell him and this last time he was like next time we talk i want you to help me figure out how to listen to the podcast wow. and i said dad it's as mom would say, adult. It is adult. We do. We get a little adult. We've talked about, we've talked, we talk a lot about like, you know, um, sex and like semen and, and vaginas. Well, and yeah. Vaginas. I mean, CJ, the last episode, spouting about ejaculate. That's right. Yes. Ejaculate. Uh, ejaculate. Spouting about ejaculate. And, and in general, you know, like we have discussed how Mouths and butts are the same thing. Exactly the same thing. Um, Which is a theory that we have uh, come up with on this podcast uh, and you should look into because it's true. So Um, I can't wait for my dad to listen. Hi, Mr. Mayor. (laughs) Call him Big Al. Big Al, mouths and butts are the same thing. Uh, In case you were wondering. Dad, Um, I told you. I told you. Hopefully mom's not listening. I think he would roll with it okay. No, dad would roll with it way better than my mom. Hi, Joy. (laughs) Hi, Joy. Um, Anyway, so we should get back into it because we finished with company and and now we're just, we're, we're... Smooth sailing. From now on, I feel like it's just fun shit. Yes. We have some deep dives, but we have some fun stuff to to cover. So Company comes out in 1970. Yeah. It's a hit. Wins all kinds of awards. Great year for wine. (laughs) What? Great year for wine. 70s? 70s? Oh, all right. Sure. (laughs) Um, Start sommelier podcast. We, we, at some point, either in this episode or in part three, we will 
go through all of Mr. Sondheim's awards. They are numerous. Bountiful. Uh, uh, and well earned. And they're, they're justified. And he's, that's why. He's, he's got an Oscar. He's got an Oscar. For Dick Tracy. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Because, like, he's Stephen Sondheim and we're not. In the podcast. He's got a Pulitzer Prize, too. I'm just, like, I'm, I'm glancing at it. I'm he's like, got them all. God damn. Like, you wouldn't, like... Yeah. I'm yeah. too old. I just want one thing to put on the back of my toilet. Sure. You know, just sure. one thing. You mm-hmm. know, like a, mm-hmm. I'll take an a Emmy. teen choice. I'll take a teen choice. <laughs> I'd sure. like a teen choice award. That would, and I think I could die happy if I knew that I won a surfboard. I would dig an MTV movie award. A the popcorn? popcorn? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's legit. Cool. That would be cool. I've got all my memorabilia from the Vatican on the back of my toilet. I figure that's... That's cool. What? I, bought I have a, all my memorabilia from the Vatican. I bought a water pipe <laughs> outside of the Vatican. Uh, you did what? I bought a water pipe that was a dolph- a porcelain dolphin water pipe outside of the Vatican. And it's the coolest thing I ever bought and was not able to take through customs. Oh. Yeah, so it just exists somewhere else now. I don't know Fucking where. Man. I'm sure it has lived a whole. Story. I blame the Vatican. I do too. I blame the Catholic I, Church. I blame yeah. the Pope specifically. <laughs> yeah, come on. What's in that hat? A CD changer? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, by the way, to all of our Catholic listeners, um, what are you doing? Figured out. <laughs> okay. <all right>. <laughs> <laughs> We just lost our entire Dear listening. Catholic League, on behalf of my colleagues, quote, end quote. We talked about the Catholic I, Church plenty on this podcast. We did Durang. We, 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 we certainly talked about the Catholic Yeah, we've done Durang. Yeah. And we the did. We talked about doubt. Dirt. We, did, we talked about dirt. <laughs> and I recently watched Spotlight. So I'm all oh, about saying, fuck you. Anyway, let's get off of that. Why don't um, we go back to Why don't we go back to 1971? Okay, what happened there? Uh, Stephen Sondheim uh, writes the music and the lyrics for a show called Follies, Yo, which is fun. I've always I I've like always Follies. I've got I think I've gotten lucky, and I've I mean it's not an easy show to do. I don't want to dismiss it at all, but. It's, sure. I've, I've seen, I've been lucky enough to see good, fun productions of it. So, yeah, you know. I think it's easy to fuck up. Sure. You know what I mean? I think sure. that's what is those mark sure. of a good show, right? It's like, I, I don't, I don't foresee there being a lot of community theaters and high schools that pull that show off, but it's a good one. I like it. I don't know any community theaters and high schools that should be pulling off Sondheim. Any, I just think all of his stuff uh, is just kind of a notch above, especially difficulty-wise. Yo, I have a story about a high school Sweeney Todd I'm going to tell when we get there. That, oh, holy I'm shit. I'm telling you, this, the, especially in the Midwest, high schools are just hungry to do shit that they think they can Stick do. Stick to Bye Bye Birdie, high school. Just, That's what I'm saying. <laughs> do Godspell over and over again and and maybe like Suzical, even though he was a racist piece of shit. And besides that, it's fine. <laughs> Well, and I don't mean to be like judgmental, but I, you don't have kids, you don't have high schools doing your know, Tracy Letts stuff. Right. You shouldn't. There's a level and, and there is a maturity to his work. Like it's high school doing Sweeney Todd seems disturbing to me. Well, you'll, I have a very disturbing story. About so, okay. Um, but so Follies is great. I like Follies. Follies. Fun. It's yeah. based on Ziegfeld's Follies, right? It's just, yeah. it's good. It's good. Everyone should listen to it. Yeah, for sure. Read the book. Um, uh, 1973, he, uh, has a hit with a little night music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Phenomenal score. Ein Klein Nacht music. I can sit and listen to that one. That's mm. a, that's like a fall asleep one for me. All right. He, uh, I can't, what he, he, a uh, little night music one, or I'm sorry, 
Best Musical. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I believe he won for it as well. Maybe best score. Best... I don't have the best uh, list of how yeah, his work. I guess I, maybe <laughs> I should be the award. Uh, he won, he also won a Drama Desk Award. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a huge hit. I mean, he, the seventies were his time. I mean, I like Follies. I like a little night music. Uh, next up is the Frogs. Frogs is interesting. Do you guys know anything about that? Does yeah, it have anything to do with Aristophanes' the, play? Yeah. It's, okay. It's so well. Okay, kind of. It's the basic idea, from what I remember, is that I saw it a long time ago. The basic idea is that it's like Hades is. I think it's Hades is like trying to. No, it's not Hades. It's Dionysus. That's who it is. Mm. Dionysus is like upset with the state of like dramatists in modern society. So right. he's like, okay. I'm going to send yes, back yes, 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 yes. George Bernard Shaw so that they actually have someone who's good. But then Shakespeare steps up and is like, I'm better than Shaw. And he's like, I don't know. And so it becomes a debate. Of oh, like, that who's sounds the better fun. Yeah. I fun. just like it's all that fun. Greeky shit. Yeah. No, it's good. It, you You'd like it. I've never put on the soundtrack to sit and listen to it. All right. You know what I mean? But it's good. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. He does Pacific Overtures uh, next. Which I'm um, pretty sure began as being presented in kabuki form. Ooh. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know much about it. It's it's sort of about the feelings of post-World War II kind of, or like, you know, I mean, I think it's, I, I don't know it. I, I'm talking about something I don't know anything about, but I do know that it would, it began as like in as kabuki and sort of devo- uh, evolved out of that. Oh, cool! But it's it's an, an interesting um, a piece that I don't know much about. Hmm. Next up comes 1979 and Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Yes. <laughs> And the the namesake of our podcast. Yes. Sweeney Pod. It was such Sweeney a good Pod. idea. Can you tell Thank me one more time? <laughs> the title no, say of the it one podcast more time. How is, is so good. Uh, sorry, I didn't hear that one. Can you give me... It's so good. Thanks. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, Thanks. So, y'all, Sweeney Todd, it's a, revre- a revenge tragedy in 1860s London. Who doesn't love a good, dirty London play mm-hmm. uh, about a wrongfully imprisoned oh. barber who vows to kill the men responsible for his imprisonment so that they could... Kidnap and violate his wife, but not for long. Yes, yeah. This was my first. I've I've heard everyone yell about Sweeney Todd. I know all of my friends that want to be in Sweeney Todd if they haven't already been in it. Sure. I had never, ever, ever had anything to do with this show before. So yeah. this was a new one for me. Had you ever seen the Tim Burton movie? Well, I actually watched it this time around oh, because cool. they had the original cast. Record well the original cast performance on YouTube, but not really. Like there was a bunch of stuff missing. Right. Yeah. So for me, I listened to the original cast recording. The Angela Lansbury. Yes, Hearn, and she's Hearn. spectacular. Yeah. Um, and then I watched the Tim Burton film just to see what the story was yeah. about. Yeah. Um, and I and then I was immediately reminded of why I purposefully never got into Sweeney Todd. And that's because there is nothing that makes me less comfortable and more squirmy than watching someone get a straight shave. And uh, sure. the and like, it's this thing of like, oh my God, they're, they're going to get their throat cut. And the fact that that is like the baseline of this story, <laughs> so like I couldn't handle it. Perfect moment for me to tell this story then. Yes. So I went to see, I'm not going to say the name of the high school, but it was in Shawnee mission uh, in, uh, in uh, outside of Kansas city. And in the middle of my friends, no. it was opening night. No, no, no. 
And the kid, you could tell from the opening of the show was so nervous and was like shaky. And was like, you could tell he was not super comfortable anyway. And, but then he started to get into it more, but you could tell he wasn't super in control of his body. No, no, no. He put this dull fake blade on this kid's neck and pulled too Ah, hard. ah. It cut the kid's neck and they had to stop the show. And the kid died. No, the kid was fine. <laughs> the kid, I, we found out later, like months later, we were all like so worried about it. We found out later the kid was fine. Everything was cool. But it did draw blood. And we <laughs> did see it. Nope. And I thought it was the fake blood. But it was too like. Too, it Dark was like, red. Yeah. Thick. I, where you're just like, where did that come from? Because he didn't. And it came out way later. It was like seconds later and the kid was just laying there and I don't think the kid even realized what had happened. Uh So it just started and you were like, wait, what? Uh And he had just nicked the skin enough that it just... Uh And what I found out later too was in the story went was that it was a metal dulled straight razor. Why the fuck are you using anything but plastic, first of all, in a high school? And second of all, like plastic or even... Less like the pantomime that shit. I don't know. How are you trusting a 16 year old, 17 year old kid who's never even probably played a lead in an, anything before and you're putting him up on stage with a weapon? Because it's a high school and they don't even That's think what I'm about saying. that so shit. Why are, but exactly. So why are we even allowing them to do things like Sondheim? Like there was this whole, there was this, show, sorry to go off on this, but on NBC, they had this show called Rise and it had Ted Mosby from fucking I remember. whatever. And it was about this high school that, that where the kids so wanted to, and the, and even worse, the teachers so wanted to be putting up Spring Awakening, but nobody in the community wanted them to because they felt like it was too much yeah. for the kids. And yes, it is about kids in high school doing that thing. And I've seen plenty of productions outside of high schools that like, you know, community theaters did with the younger people. And that's uh, walking a weird line for me. Yeah. But the problem is, is that it, the, the, the themes of it are things that they should be listening to and seeing that musical. Yeah. Should they be portraying the teachers? it in front of them <laughs> while teachers are telling them how to have sex on stage? No, yeah. that is not, you should not be doing that. So when a show like that comes out, it, to me, it's just putting a bad name on, on, on the theater industry in general. And I was so angry about that show. I'm so glad it got canceled. I don't even think it finished its first season. Absolute shit. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. <laughs> No, Sweeney Todd. Sharon. No, it's yeah. I it's, love Sweeney Todd. I love Sweeney Todd. I remember seeing the George Hearn, Angela Lansbury on yeah. TV yeah. when I was a kid. Right. Like it was like it was a big deal. It was it was almost like Hamilton yeah. level. Like that's mm. how like yeah. you know, um, and you know, and not fully understanding it, you know, I think that it's always cool when you get exposed to something young and you get to revisit it, you For know, sure. so many times. Cause now I just think it's, it's, it's so beautiful and sad and fucked up. And I love it for all those reasons. Yeah. I think, and I think my latest realization is that it's, Almost about the casting. In other words, it's like ha- Hamlet. It's not really about anybody doing Hamlet. You don't do Hamlet until, you, unless you have the actor to do right, it. Right. It's not like, I'm going to do Hamlet and see if I can cast right. it. Right. I think I've made this point before. But I think that that's what it's become with Sweeney. Yeah. And you have to have Mrs. Lovett. You have to. And then you have the challenge of like, 
casting the beetle. Right. Like, and which is a, a, a remarkably and un, uh, underrated uh, part in terms of difficulty. Ooh. Tender notes. Like, this, that is one of the hardest singing. You all know his body of work more than me. This is definitely his most like, it's almost an opera. I think it is. There's very little book. I think I read there. It's like 80% music. It's also just difficulty. Just like how people are singing. It has more clocked time of singing than Deflator Mouse does, which is an operetta. Uh So it's like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure there is more time singing in this than in some operettas. So I would Uh agree. I think it's close to getting to that level. Hard singing and not just the leads. Like, I mean, within 15 minutes, like, the opening song, that chorus, the has opening to be song, the chorus is level. amazing. You but then, when you first meet Mrs. Lovett, yeah, <laughs> and watching watching a great actress like Lansbury or you know Emma Thompson, yeah, or, mm-hmm. you know, which we should talk about that production. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And within 15 minutes, you're like, unless there's there's another production of this show, that person wins the Tony yeah. or the Olivier or whatever it is. Absolutely. Because it's so uh, those patter fucking songs. It's just like, like where do you, like I was watching. Um, it's not April. Who's the woman in company at the end of Act One? Who's not getting married? Oh, is that a- Amy? Amy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Amy. Amy. Well, that's and that that like I'm watching the actress who in the 2006 production is extraordinary. I forget her name. Please forgive me. But I'm just like, where are you getting your breath? Mm-hmm. Where are you taking your right. breath? Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's a Sondheim thing too. With I, I kept like the devices that he uses, yeah. whether it's dissonance or it's someone singing a lot of fucking text in one page of music. I yeah. mean, it's it's something that is in a lot of his or the meter changes, stuff. which like right, like that, like I'm, anyone I'm writes five eight time, I'm, I'm gonna punch you in the face. I'm, I'm nothing more than a bad karaoke singer. So like <laughs> looking at music and evaluating music, like I'm I'm a halfwit, but. Like you just physically looking at it on the page is yeah. frightening. Yeah, uh, you know, and it's like, yeah, I can, I can sing it. Uh, can, can can I hear you do it though? And I would say Sweeney and Into the Woods are the hardest ones. The like this one, for uh, sure, George, of, George is pretty hard. There are songs, as, Color and Light specifically, and a couple other ones that I you're, you're right that I think are the hardest ones. But, but as it's a not whole it's show, not it's not Sweeney, the athleticism. You don't have right. to do that marathon. And Into the Woods to me, the whole well, we'll get to this, but is it, the whole thing about it is that it has to be like clockwork. Like yeah. with your music director, like everything has to, it all works like that. And Sweeney Todd to me as well. And it yeah. gets to have those moments in the scenes where there's no music and you get to sit in it and be quiet for a moment. But then it picks right back up and we're back into the thing and it's a freaking, it's a symphony. The Michael Service one where they do uh, the instruments, like we were talking about, where they're all playing the instruments is sort of the perfect version of Sweeney Todd because it's like, uh-huh. it is a symphony already. These voices are just another part of it, but then it adds like another layer of their character. Like, oh, she plays the flute and it adds this whole other thing, you know, or like whatever, Mm -hmm. maybe. And one of my favorite productions of it, and everybody can find this online, right? I think it's even on like pbs.com or .org or whatever. There is an Emma Thompson production that was a staged reading at Lincoln Center of Sweeney Todd. And it opens up. And everybody who's in, there's a few like pretty famous people in it. Uh, good friend of mine, friend of the pod, Aaron Mackey, uh, who played my Nelly in South Pacific when I was Billis. Wow. Uh, she is the Joanna. In it. Mm. Uh, and she's 
phenomenal and mm-hmm. she's absolutely incredible but it starts as a stage reading they're all wearing black it's really normal and they have their scripts they have binders and they set them on music stands and they come out and the st- song starts and the first chorus member steps up and goes attend the tail of Sweeney Todd and the next person da, 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 da. and then it hits that point where there's kind of a long break and it's and they hold it for like triple the length and Emma Thompson just starts looking around like, what? Why aren't we doing anything? What's happening? And then she goes, oh, I know what it is. And she takes her script and she throws it off the stage. She takes her music stand and chucks it. And everyone starts doing the same thing. And then they rip out all of, they rip off all of their black clothes and they're in like rags and almost in costume. Yeah. And they, they do a full production of it. And then right when the moment where, uh, the big moment reveal of Sweeney Todd, this thing like they flip over a piano and this thing like blows up and then there's like graffiti everywhere. And this guy just turns around in this like giant leather trench coat and just goes, I tell the tale of Sweeney yeah. Todd. And you're like, oh shit. Yeah. And it's one of the coolest openings to a show I've ever seen, especially when you're expecting to watch like a concert. Right. Yeah. Because the whole orchestra is behind them, like Candide or anything like that, where you're like, you can see the entire orchestra. Right. And it's a huge, you know, 200 piece. Yeah. Whatever, and it's uh, everyone should look that production up. It That's is cool. super beautiful. Yeah, I think what he does so well. I think what the the success of the show for me is is just finding layers. Everybody has a reason f- to do what they do. Yeah, Pretty Women <sighs> might be. Well, I actually added this to our list at the end. I want us to do like a favorite song or like a rate, or like if you guys have like a top two or three favorite songs. So start mm. thinking about that. But that one definitely fits for me. Well, and the uh, the one that uh, I watched is with my roommate, who is a b- baritone yeah. bass singer, uh, Brian Krasner, fan of the pod. Um, hey, Kras. Uh, just talking about that Pretty Women song and how it's all deep voices. Yep. That, that he had he had this respect for Sondheim has this respect for the deep voice and using it absolutely effectively and beautifully and elegantly and sometimes like. You know, I mean, it's erotic. Like yeah. when he's getting into the knives, like Oof. the 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 madness that is all justified from the horror that's yeah. and the injustice. I think one of the more honestly, like successful parts of the Tim Burton movie is the uh, Pretty Women scene, and specifically Alan Rickman. Uh, and Hello, Alan. Alan Rickman and Alan Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, They're steal great that. in it. They well, and, and Timothy Spall is in it. Timothy Spall. And Timothy Spall. We were just talking about him a couple of episodes ago. His uh, his entire career. Uh, Mr. Turner was the name of that movie. We couldn't. That's right, Mr. Turner. I thought of it the other day in the car. I was like, it was Mr. Fucking Turner. Um, it was a phenomenal film. I think he won a Golden Globe for it. But it's um, and I thought that you know uh, Audrey McDonald also. I thought Hel- Helena was fine. Yeah. yeah. You know, he, I mean, the, bu- the bummer about the, the two of them is that they don't have the voice. Right. Right. And you, it works in the movie. I think, you know, I don't think the movie is horrible. There's people who hate it, obviously, but right. I don't think it's horrible because you get the intimacy that, oh, that well, you trade out for the, the voice. So you, they don't have to have the powerful voices or I, the pretty voices to pull it off. I actually looked it up because again, I didn't know this. So I watched that movie just for like plot reference. And I, but I remember hearing a bunch of people talk about what utter garbage the movie was. And I kind of looked it up and, and, and initially I was like, are there, are there plot things that they do differently in this? And I looked no. it up and, First of all, uh, it's not utter garbage. Oh, okay. Like, well, I yeah. I was just no, going I'm saying that to them. It yeah. is not. Right. Go ahead. Well, and I read an article on it and they said, you know, 
the main gripe people have about it is it doesn't have all the great group numbers and right. the ensemble numbers. Specifically and I the guess, opening, which I feel like it really could yeah. use. Right. Because it plays it out without the words. Well, they they had, Over like credits. Sondheim was actually a part of this article that, that he had been interviewed in the past about this and he had wanted to make Sweeney Todd a movie. Right. But he was the one that said, I want it to be a, a movie. I don't want it to be a musical movie therefore taking out all of the group numbers because he wanted it he wanted it to be realistic right uh which why it would be scene to scene as opposed to like six people singing over the top of one another or whatever so i just again uh, people get very emotional about their song time and and coming at this from a non-emotional point was really interesting yeah i mean and you know tim burton is the least uh person if you want it to be realistic so he definitely didn't get that because it's it is very tim burton and it's got the you know Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter are painted white and then, you know, they do the whole thing, sunken eyes and all that stuff. Uh, But, and the design is whatever. I think Tim Burton does fine with design. I think the only thing I don't love about that movie is Johnny Depp's performance. I think Mm -hmm. everything else, and I'm not talking about his singing. That's what most people say. It's like, I didn't like his singing. I think he's doing too little and it's whatever. He's playing it. However, I just think everything else about it kind of works for me. I, I, I put it on sometimes just to like get some Sondheim in my blood. Mm-hmm. It's a good fucking movie. I do wish it had the group numbers though. Right. Because it, it is stylized. It's Burton. It's, yeah. it's all the things. Right. Anyway. Yeah. I, I, uh, <clears throat> I've always been sort of like lukewarm on it. I have like a nostalgia thing about the movie. Just I met people the night that I saw that movie that sure. they're still with me. So, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I feel the same way. I wasn't bothered by Johnny Depp singing. I knew what I was yeah. getting into, yeah. walking into it. Um, that he, I, I knew I wasn't going to hear George Hearn. Right. Yeah, <laughs> um, and you know and that he's going to do it differently. And yeah, he's going to do the Johnny Depp. Thing. It's cool, and but um, and I think that that period of his acting was really good. Like he was yeah. hitting some shit. I just don't think he quite finds. The, the sadness from which the anger spawns all of the action. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I can't imagine that scenario. Yeah. I can't imagine it. He's got some moments. There's some good moments because Burton knows how to catch Johnny Depp yeah. in a good angle. But I feel like it's minus him. It could have. I've honestly would have loved to just see Michael Servers do it. Well, sure. That would have been really cool. That would have been badass. I but like who, Johnny you Depp have and Crybaby. You have to sell. You have to sell yeah. that movie, and right. I get it. I I think I liked just based on what you just said, Bailey. I think I might like uh, Burton's design work on that m- more than you. And I think that because he was getting back to his roots, his yeah. roots yeah. uh, in terms of being really inspired by that weird uh, German expressionism yeah. and you know those Fritz Lang, mm. you know, just the, sure. the 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 barber shop itself and the chair itself is. Um, Good stuff. And it's Sasha great. Baron Cohen, sh- oh, he's, he's great. great. I'd love to see him do I more mean, of that kind of stuff. Shit, yeah. Did you hear that he's, he's he's already done it? He secretly did a Borat sequel. Yeah. In fact, uh, oh. somebody posted a video of they saw him like doing something. And now that he's so known, yeah. they're having to like hide him as he does pranks on people, which kind of sucks. Yeah. Because the it's whole be the beauty of the first one was that no one knew who the fuck he was. Right. Yeah. And now it's a little like, oh, it's Borat. But. There was a few videos that got posted of him like doing antics and stuff a while back. So I've, I've, 
I have known it's happening, but I, I'm I'm a little weary. I I'm hope sure. it's as I mean, good. Sure. You know? yeah, it's lightning, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. lightning in a bottle, but but no, he's great in it, and you know, it's it's it's. I forgot freaking, to mention Audrey McDonald is man. in. Um, Audrey McDonald is in the Emma Thompson one as the uh, old woman. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Fire, fire, yeah. fire. Yeah. We're sitting on fire. That one. Yeah. Yeah. I um. I Mischief. did um. I did one summer. I did. Uh, I worked at uh, Pennsylvania Center Stage, which is regional oh, yeah. summer theater there. Yeah. Um, and they did a production of Sweeney. I was doing "You Can't Take It With You" and "Alice in Wonderland" and some other stuff. I wasn't in it, but just got to watch them and watch that cast come walking out yeah. of rehearsals, just like summertime, Ooh. just like just you know, yeah. glazed over with I how bet. hard it was. You so know? intense, and and it was physically hard because they were. Moving, doing the moving mm. of the stuff. Yeah. I, th- I do. I want to go back and watch that. Them all playing the instruments and all that. That sounds again. cool as yeah. shit. It's yeah. It's so badass a thing, and he he's he's interesting director. But yeah, it's Sweeney fucking Todd. Yeah, there's a great episode <laughs> on the Burton movie on Blank Check Pod, which we've talked a lot about. As uh, one one of my favorite podcasts, but they do a uh, Tim Burton miniseries, and they discuss this, and they got Michael Service to be the guest on it. Wow. And it's really cool to hear him talk about the differences between the movie and the production, but also his time working on the uh, instrument uh, cool. version of it. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah, Pretty exciting. Yeah. I highly recommend. We're also going to talk about Michael Service again in a second because he was the original John Wilkes Booth in yep. Assassins, which mm. I can't talk, Or not the original, excuse me, in the revival. Right. Uh, anyway, oh. he won the Tony for it in the revival. Okay. Uh, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Next up, um, are we done with Sweeney Time? I think so. Did you, you like else? Sweeney Todd, CJ? Yes, I liked it very much. Honestly, now, like, I, and and I'm glad I watched the movie. Did not dislike it as much as some people did. Um, I enjoyed it. I can't watch people getting their throats cut. It just, I can't handle it. But I would love to, I would love to see a really good theater production of it. Because, like, I got respect. That music, that music was fucking something else. <laughs> and it's, un, it's, it's so Sondheim, but it's also so unlike anything else in his repertoire. Mm-hmm. Although I guess I don't know all of his stuff. Yeah. But I, I saw dug a kind it. of amazing production of it at the Crown Uptown in Wichita, Kansas, which is weird because it's like a little, uh, it's a beautiful old theater, but it's a total community theater. Uh, but they did Sweeney Todd and they cast this uh, husband and wife that are kind of, Famous actor couple around. The, we had those the people in Illinois. Exactly. <laughs> like everyone knows them and they do a music theater with Sean. They, they play all the character roles, but they cast them as Sweeney and uh, Mrs. Lovett. And it was a dinner theater and they served meat pies. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> That's that pretty good. I was, I was all about it. I was, yeah, I was like, I, I paid it. extra for it. I was like, I'm a vegetarian. Yeah. <laughs> no, they had a, they had um, veggie pot pies if you didn't want that. Uh, but I was like, no, I'm eating the human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to try the priest. That's a, um, all right. cannibalism was the best part. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, it was a great show. It was really fun. Uh, what's after Sweeney Todd? I feel like that's all we got. Well, I'll tell you, uh, coming up right after that, he did, um, um, I don't know if it's my favorite. I don't know if I'm going to call it my favorite. Well, no, I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. Next up, he follows it with Merrily We Roll Along, oh. which was a flop. It was yeah. not successful. And now... You know, um, what's his name? Richard Linklater is doing yeah. the cool thing. So yeah. the concept of Merrily we'll We Roll Along is that it's the story of a friendship between a composer, a lyricist, and a choreographer, two uh-huh. men and a, whim- a woman. 
And it goes backwards. It starts right. at the end of their relationship. It's Memento the Musical. It's Memento the Musical well before Memento, though. Yeah. So um, it's like last five years, but not quite the same construct. Yeah. It, sure, it yeah. goes directly backwards. <gasps> Why um, are we going to do Jason Robert Brown? JRB <laughs> is on the list for season two. Oh, I can't wait. Um, but anyway, I got to, uh, they did it while I was at Penn State. I was not in it, but I got my lighting credit for doing, uh, follow spot. <laughs> so I got to see oh, it shit. 900 Remember times. Remember when you had to get lighting credits, <laughs> costume credits? Pick yourself a row. Yeah, we had I did to do it that. all in one semester okay. because I waited so long to do it. So I spent my whole last semester of college only doing tech credits and it was the best semester of college. We were told what we had to do it. when. Oh, wow. They waited for casting to go up, and then they would give us our crew assignments. Oh, shit. Yeah. Damn. Go conservatory. Well, and then freshman year, we weren't allowed to be on stage, so that was when we got to work with the St. Louis rep. That's like when I did wardrobe and run crew. Wardrobe? Wardrobe. I did, wardrobe, I did wardrobe. run crew for one of my favorite shows to this day that I don't know that I will ever get to see or do it is uh, Metamorphosis. Oh, yeah. Wow. With the pool on stage, yeah. where she's very particular about... Mm. Like yeah. you have to do the blocking that's in the script. Yeah, I was the magical door opener. Anyway, <laughs> digression. Um, Merrily uh, was probably closest to company. It's yeah. very sort of modern New York it's vibe. Funny. I saw it years ago at the uh, Wallace Annenberg, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's a show. <laughs> it's a show. <laughs> that's a musical. Yeah, and there's some there's some fun moving numbers in it, and I, I like I like aspects of it." I really do. Sure, uh, sure, But sure. it's just not one that I and then uh, care for. It, so it takes place over 20 years. So Richard Linklater is doing the film version, hmm. and he's doing it like he did Boyhood. So he's shooting a scene one year, and the next year he's... Aww, uh, so that's fun. But he just yeah. started, like, what? I think that, I think, well, I don't the COVID, you know, probably sure. messed with it, but... Uh, I think he got at least one year. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. maybe two. Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know anything about that. It'll be that interesting. Musical. We'll all go see it together in 20 years. Once it comes out. Yeah. In tw- or, I don't even want to think like about it. 40 years from now. <laughs> I don't even want to think about it. Uh, 20 years. What's that? Next up is uh, uh, so we get to it. I don't know if it's my favorite, but I love it every time I see it, every time I hear it. I just, it's, I think it's because it's about art. And that's Sunday in the Park with George. Sunday in the park with George. Siege, uh, you want to give us what the what Inspired the by the French pointillist painter, George Seurat's painting A Sunday Afternoon on the Island of Le Grand Jatte. Yeah, whatever. A fictionalized version of Seurat and his great-grandson, also named George, a conflicted and cynical contemporary artist. Now, this is one of those shows that I feel like you either live for it or you don't care for it. I don't know anyone who hates this show. I don't right? know anybody who hates it, but I think I'm right in the middle. Are you? I like it. I love okay. it. Is it because of but the it second act? It's not like I'm not obsessed with it. Is it because of the second act or why? What is your reason for it not fulfilling as the most perfect show of all time as it does? Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I think that that second act gets a, a little loopy. Okay. But I think it it comes around at the end for me. I agree. Um, but I think that first act is just so fucking utterly magical. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I love it. It's it's my favorite Bernadette Peters that I've ever seen mm-hmm. her in, mm-hmm. minus like The Jerk or Pennies sure. from Heaven right. or something. I be in the follies. <laughs> I'm obsessed with uh, this show 
from top to bottom. Word. Yeah. Uh, I think the Mandy Patinkin, James Lapine staging of it is What a voice of my childhood, phenomenal. Mandy Patinkin. Yeah, absolutely. Patinkin forever. Uh, we were talking about Evita off my. Well, this was, bit. wasn't Evita in 1984 also? It that might have been. sounds right. I, that sounds right. No, no, I think, I think, I think Phantom. Wait, were you saying Phantom? Evita. Oh, Evita might have been. No, the, no, that was late 70s. My bad. Yeah, Phantom and, was 84. And maybe like this was around like Wild Party era. Maybe this was, he was doing other things oh, that were kind of big. One. But I mean, my God, what a fucking yeah. musical career. It's Inkin forever. Um, I, I think there was some problematic things about him that came out a few years ago, but I think oh, it was no, mostly, really? I, I don't think it was, I think it was mostly just, he is difficult to work with on Homeland more than anything. Uh, I don't think it was like, he's always been a little, stuff. a little nutty, yeah. not necessarily difficult, but just sure. sort of like, I can handle people being uh, like, quote unquote, difficult on set. Yeah. It, but if it means like, he's like pushing people or no, being no, nasty to like women, that. then I'm like, like come he, on. Like, he was on a show called Chicago Hope. Uh-huh. Um, I think my parents watched Which was that. like kind of the weirder version of ER. Uh-huh. Yeah, like a lot of magical realism. Right. And he left after like, he was the star of the show and then kind of left because it was shooting in LA and he wanted to be home with his family. So he just yeah. quit. Like, and it's didn't that he do kind like of a run on Criminal Minds and stuff? And didn't he, I feel like he's, he's done a few like, like Criminal Minds, like a bunch of random things. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like but started, Homeland, but Patinkin forever. Um, but that that specific filmed production of it is uh, it's all on YouTube, YouTube y'all. It is yeah. on YouTube. Go I see it. Own it. Uh, I own a DVD of it that I is like a ripped DVD. It's hmm. not even like like a, yeah. a teacher gave it to me at Hogwarts, and I sometimes I just put it on. I happen to know personally Robert Westenberg who plays the soldier who carries around the yeah. other soldier. He's he also the into, into the woods. The prince okay. and the wolf. Yes. So that, okay. Into the yep, woods. Yep. Again, we get back to the idea of Sondheim starting to use the same people. Exactly. Because he, he Barbara Byrne, is that her name? She's in both of these, Sunday in the yes. Park, and she's also Jack's mom, and then, of course, Jack's Bernadette. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. you know, it's interesting. I'd say I know him personally. That's not actually true. This is the story. I'm, I'll tell it very quickly. No hate to this man whatsoever. Much love. But as some tend to do, he is now a, a teacher at Drury University and phenomenal program. I've had multiple friends who went there. And he, uh, w- when he came to Hogwarts for the transfer auditions, because every year we would hold huge transfer auditions where people would, like conservatories and different universities from around would come in and sort of pick our talent, right? Mm. And he came in and each one of the schools got to make a list of people they wanted to see after the auditions. And his list, everyone else's was like 15, 20 people or more. His list was four people, okay? So he very much felt like he was like, and then hundreds of people auditioned. Uh Four people. Uh, And I... Arrogantly, I will say I was one of them, <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." So I went, and I we thought we were really cool. All four of us like walked up, and he hands us this pamphlet, and I'm thinking, "Oh, this is about the school," which is what everybody else is handing out. No, this is a pamphlet that is his resume in picture form. So every page is a different picture of him on stage in different Sondheim shows. Okay. So it's the picture of him as the wolf, picture of him in Sunday, Sunday in the Park. And it says under it, like, you know, 
uh, Into the Woods by Stephen Sondheim this year. I played this part. Like it's fully written out. Horrible print off. Like it's not in color already. It's like really shitty. I'm like, okay. And all he does is tell me why, but tell us why we should come to that school because of his resume. And it's the reason I didn't go to the school. Now I have a lot of friends that went there who love him, loved the school, got are, are now on Broadway, like are literally like next yeah, level yeah, people. Sure. One of them was just in Book of Mormon on Broadway. Mm. Like they are Teddy, shout out to Teddy Trice. Um, but deep friend. But that I, from then on now, every time I see him in one of those movies, I have that little piece of me that's like, you pretentious <laughs> asshole. Like, that, like, what a lame way to try and get somebody to come to your school. Whatever. It's fine. I, I forgive him. We can cut all this out if we need to. Nope. We don't need to cut yeah. nothing. Nope. Double it. But it was a, yeah, double, put it in, triple it. Um, and then put it in at the end again. Um, but yeah. yeah, I, uh, um, it's a great show though. It's a great show. I, and I think, and the I think it's, it shows so much about the performance in my head. Yeah, my experience with it is is Mandy Patinkin. I've seen a yeah. couple other performances that were good productions of it, but they just don't quite hit the I magic. Have to be of honest, it. I watch the Mandy Patinkin Bernadette Peters one often. But I listened to the Jake Gyllenhaal, Annalie Ashford one. Oh, it's pretty good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I I haven't watched any of the film stuff yeah. of that. I think I saw the 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 Broadway whatever right. they did for the Tonys that year. Right. But I, otherwise, I haven't watched much of it. But what I've heard of it, I liked way more. And I it's thought great. I thought I would mm. hate his voice. Annalie mm. Ashford is very much doing Annalie Ashford playing Dot, and it works, and I love it. And it's I she's can, not trying to I do Bernadette. I feel like a lot of people just try to do Bernadette when they do this show, which is an easy thing to fall into because she originated it. It's like, oh, I have to be her, and I have to mm -hmm. hit those moments. She doesn't at all. She's very her own thing. I will say, Gyllenhaal does dip into uh, recreating Patinkin sometimes. There are just moments where I'm like, you sounded exactly like Patinkin, the, the line delivery. I think it'll be another generation you before you not. start to get way, exactly. far away from that. Yeah. Exactly. You so know, that's it's just you interesting. Know, yeah. You know, you, you originate a role, you get to put that indelible mark onto it. And right. He's, 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 he's phenomenal. And, and he, it's the same thing that, that he, Sondheim deals with 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 Robert and company. Right. This isolation and this distance and this feeling of being distant and, and different. And yeah. I think I've always related to that kind of thing. Uh, you guys know I was an Air Force brat, so I right. moved around a lot. Yeah. Like I was, I went to twelve different schools by the time I graduated school. So right. there's always this anxiety about being friendly and making friends, and and but also always kind of feeling like, oh, I don't quite connect with these people right these days is um, much better but you know and and it's just the obsession with art and patinkin just gets finishing the hat yep it's just i get it like i get that yeah. nope i can't leave here till it's fucking done the name Can, of my senior well, we were show. supposed to do something i don't care yeah like i can't care about doing something exactly you. we named my senior senior showcase look i made a hat <laughs> and, uh, and it was super fun and I sang Finishing the Hat as uh, the second to last thing and did the full like talking to the dog scene and everything and I have a video of it I don't finish the song I just cry through the last half because I like I just like realized like holy shit I'm about to move into LA in a week 
Uh-huh. I'm about to get married in a week. Because I got married and moved to LA and had my senior showcase all in the same week. So it was like this big kind of moment for me. And I'm, I was singing it. And at the end, kind of finishing the song, he's got this like a little bit higher note. And I hit the note and it was fine. But then it like cracked into crying and I just start bawling. Aww. And I sort of half finished the song. It's not good, you know, but it's it's something I do cherish as like something I'm glad I have. It was a real film. moment. It was a real moment. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm just sitting on a theater cube like I'm sitting next to right now, and it and I'm just like holding a a prop, and it's just it's good. I don't know. <laughs> I miss theater, guys. Guys, I miss yeah, theater. I miss theater too. <laughs> We're in a theater right Girl. now, and I still miss <laughs> it. I enjoyed this was my first anything into Sunday in the Park with George. Ever. Oh wow. So I I enjoyed the theater magic of it all. Yeah. Like the dress opening. You watched it, right? Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, cool, I watched cool, cool. the original, the 1984 yeah. original cast. Yeah. Um I loved I loved the details about like you can hear the pointillism in Sondheim's music, yeah. all those little <laughs> staccato <laughs> notes. <laughs> the the dress opening up in the yeah. first scene. I I got real I really loved the end of act one where he's putting them all in the painting and the yeah. beginning of act two where um they're oh god it's time. hot up here that whole musical number like i just i was enjoying the hell out of it i they kind of lost me at the second half of act two like i was just getting a lot of like uh it's, it's kind of like the way you feel about academia scott it yeah, i felt yeah. like it was them like kind of giving the finger to the new york art scene or whatever uh, but I, I Which dig I think what, is people... what I love about it, but I, I hear you too, where yeah. it does get a little like, okay, we get it. Well, and my thing too was what I, I was waiting to see this new version of the work of art. Like I right. was like, what, it, what is it? What I, I, and are we going to see at the end? Weird. <laughs> and it's just, they just kind of talk about it yeah. the whole time. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I, it's, it, it was great and I'm so glad I finally saw it and yeah. I did enjoy it quite a bit. I am. Um, I think watching it in person, the second act might hit a little better mm-hmm. too, because you've been so immersed in the first act that in the second act, you're like, Ooh, a new world. Okay. Let's see what's going on. Whereas I think maybe sitting at home on our couch, it loses a little of that magic. Of maybe. Course. I don't know. Oh, this was the one thing that I watched slash listen, listen to that. I actually wrote down a quote from the show. Uh, you must accept who I am. I am what I do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the artist. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. That's sort of the artist manifesto thematic statement, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I am who I am. Like, and it's, it's a little, I've talked about like my theory on people, like brick wall people, people who just run into a wall over it. It is a little brick wall to just constantly say like, well, I'm an artist, deal with it. And that's, that is sort of, I think also the point of this, of his arc is that it ends in him not having anyone because, and not being really remembered until after his death yeah. because he died so young. Yeah. And he also so because he just, and... he pushed everyone away because of his art. And it's like that weird duality. And obviously Sondheim is talking about his own well, reality. I, I, I think he does such a nice job of balancing it with Dot's story, yeah. her heartbreak yeah. and her, trying like trying to stand in front of him and it's just like been there girl been there yeah Yeah, right (laughs) and then just you know you know i'm getting married and this is your child and like it doesn't none of that dawns on him and again i think we get into some of sondheim's personal shit like the relationship between george and his mom is weird and it's such a funny line it's such a funny setup when you 
find out who she is. Yeah. You know, can you do this? Can you do this? mother? And like, and it's, it's a funny moment. Everybody laughs at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, her sadness too, like he, he doesn't make her ugly. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. impose Stephen Sondheim does not impose his mother on, right. on the show or on that character. But the sadness that she has that she can't, Connected. She's not entirely able to either. Like you can see, kind she of where know it how comes to do from. It almost. But like that set up. But I also think it came in 1984 and his broken home, broken families. But like it's about a broken family and the ripples uh, yeah. through time and, and space. Absolutely. I uh, beautiful. What did you from think of? So, like so my criticism of Bernadette like Peters. Some. Which we've the talked Aida. about off off mic. Huh? Isn't that Aida? No, like that's no. It's like in the sun. woods. <laughs> oh, okay. it's right before No More Giants. Oh, right. I know what you're. <laughs> um, I was thinking of like father, like son from Aida. Oh, I do oh, not oh know God. Aida. So. Oh, Tim Rice, Elton John. All right, anyway. Um, but Bernadette's a performer who I've always felt a little winky at me sometimes. Sure. Um. And so it was the only thing that I didn't love is, uh, is her playing, playing the grandmother or playing her daughter, I guess, or her granddaughter, her daughter. She playing plays her own daughter. Baby. Right. Yeah. But the old woman, it, the old woman, she's playing the old woman in, yeah. in the modern act too. And right. it just got, a, especially that opening part got a little, a little hokey, I guess. If 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 we're pulling on the threads, right? We're pulling on the threads. Yeah, I think it's you a could've... gimmick that I just. I mean, it's it's a theater gimmick in general that I just don't know how great it works most of the right. time. Right. I mean, you know, from a professional production standpoint, you don't want to add that one more actor when you, you sure. know, if you can. Pull of course it off. not. Well, it's I understand why it has to be too. her too. And then you yeah. see her. Uh, I was watching it, um, and it's so funny at the end when they come back on. Oh, you know what we haven't talked about? Brent Spiner was in that. Oh, really? Brent Spiner was in that original Oh, shit. No, I know. Data was in it from Star Trek. (laughs) He's in it. He's great. We've him up before, I feel like. We've talked about him before. He's popped up. He pops up in weird places. He did, like, some old Miller. Because he, yeah, yeah, he basically spent 20 years in New York hustling theater work. Yeah. Occasional, you know, stuff, and then he was just like, like the entire going cast out to of LA TNG. with yeah. a year going. The entire to LA. cast of TNG is like all theater, all, all like theater masters. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan Frakes, Penn State alum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All the best uh, ones are theater people, do. right? Yeah. Um, but um, going back to 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 the to that production of it. Or any production of it, when they all come back on, yeah. um, in their costumes and be like, Oh man, I got to put on this sweaty, sweaty, nasty act one costume <laughs> has been hanging in its own stank right. on the corsets oh, and petticoats and corsets and bustles <laughs> and oh, the whole nine. Um, so respect to that cast though. But, um, but I, every, I, I've seen like two or three productions of it that none that were super awesome. Yeah. But they were all just like he carries it. Like there was a point in in doing this research and prepping for this, as much as we prep for these things. Um, but just going back and listening and watching stuff again, and I was like, "Oh, Sondheim has to have you have to have Mandy Patinkin, you have to have Angela Lansbury." But that's not true. No, um, he does really carry no one the day. Will ever I say. No one will ever, but 
I, no one has ever topped Angela Lansbury. I just love it, in my opinion. Even Patty sure, LuPone has. But it's possible. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying. Give me that, a like, chance. You know, I'm just saying. But <laughs> I'm saying. I've, Let me I've seen it. like I've seen like third tier, you know, Broadway people yeah. do it and do a great job and For sure and make it absolutely compelling and, yeah. and enjoyable. But no, you know, again, you know, those Angela Lansbury will. I also wrote that. down, this is my last Mandy Patinkin thought. Mandy Patinkin is to singing musical theater what Kenneth Branagh is to speaking Shakespeare. Oh. He just, I, I just was watching him and we were talking about his range and it's just, you look at, it's completely effortless yeah, for him. For sure. It's like he was born doing it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael Servers too, I feel like is that way where he just, he, it fits in his mouth in some weird way. <laughs> I actually, I was talking about that, about Aaron Sorkin the other day, how it doesn't fit in everyone's mouth. Yeah. Right. Like it really fits in Jeff Daniels mouth. It's why he yep. did. It's why he uh, did the newsroom. It's so well, it's why he did the To Kill a Mockingbird recently, but um, someone who I think it fits perfectly in their mouth and it has never fit this perfectly in anyone's mouth. Cause social network, they all sound fucking insane because they he has that cadence, right? Sorkin has that cadence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and they all sound insane. And same with uh, West Wing. Sometimes you're just like, nobody fucking talks like this. <laughs> but I still love it. But it's just, you're just like, okay. But Kate Winslet in Steve Jobs uh, is mm -hmm. one of the best oh. Aaron Sorkin yes. <laughs> performances of all time because she never sounds fucking insane. Huh. But she has some of the hardest line reads of any of yeah. his writing ever. Highly recommend rewatching that one. Um, but speak, I, I say that to say that like Sondheim also, I feel like has his people who like, it really fits in their mouth. Like it just, it fits in their it, Angela Lansbury, Patty LuPone. Wait, I'm sorry. I don't mean to call you out. Mouths but it fits in their mouths and it also fits in their butts. We've gotten, this is a whole, <laughs> we need to do a season of I hope you're enjoying the podcast, Of ass time. Ass time. Yes. Let's disseminate There's all over this. There's pooping in the woods. <laughs> so much pooping in the woods. I'm horrible. We are never going to work in this town again. There's no one there. Does it even smell? Is it even there? <laughs> Yeah, Sunday in the Park with George. I think it Sunday just always park, gets to me. I just, it, it all those themes and yeah. all that music and yeah, yeah it's, it's not beautiful. the marathon of Sweeney, but oof, when he, when he hits it, even that act two, the, the putting it together in act two. Putting it together. Oof. Bit man, bit. putting it together. There's actually a, uh, a, a review of Sondheim things called putting it together. Um, there's a, a great, Filmed version of it with Carol Burnett, actually. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, I, I, it's on Broadway HD. Um, it's interesting. And there's actually in the filmed version of it, Carol Burnett stops the show because her skirt is falling. And it's really funny. She like stops and she goes, she's like, wait, wait, wait. And they all stop. And she looks around and she goes, look what's about to happen. And then she just drops her skirt. <laughs> <laughs> and then she like picks it back up. Taking and they all go advantage nuts. of the situation. And they laugh and they like improv about it for a second. And then they go, okay, okay. And then they just pick back up. And it feels like it was staged. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Oh, Completely. So and you're like, that's, that's the funniest oh, shit. The and real life all stuff. around her, all the actors are like trying so hard to keep it together the rest of the song. It's so funny. Oh, She's I brilliant. Love it. Anyway, love it. what's after Sunday in the Moon? Well, I was going to suggest that the, we <gasps> we should really wrap up part two. Oh my god! 
I know so it's long. it's going fast, but like we've been, it's it's we're at an hour. That's legit. I mean, here's the thing, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for our second again part of our mini series. This is episode oh. nine, part D. Part D. Uh, I'm all about this. Um, this is our mini series right? on Stephen Sondheim, Sweeney Pod, oh, Demon Podcast of of, of Fleet Street. Uh, oh my god, I love. Tell me one more time. The name is of good? our. Did you like it? <laughs> Thank you. We'll be uh, we'll be back next week for our. Wait till our next. You know what our next mini series is? Waiting for Pado. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Fuck you. Okay, so uh, I um, love and hate you both. Yeah, I hate all of us. Um, but I hate myself. Don't hate yourself. No, <laughs> what? No, Please don't. No, um, I follow my Rate, subscribe, review. Uh, theater, theater pod on Instagram. Uh, hit us up if you have any suggestions of playwrights. Obviously, we, right now, uh, now that we're getting to be back in the same room, we're going to start trying to get people who are comfortable as guests, and then we can maybe do some people of color, some play- playwrights of color. That would make us all so very happy. Yes. Um, we'll get to that at some point when people start feeling more comfortable being in the room with us. Aviva Pressman, a uh, member of the Sacred Fools Theater Company, of which we are also members, former co-artistic director yeah. uh, of Sacred Fools. Phenomenal singer. Yes. Uh, phenomenal human being. Phenomenal yes. human all around. Human, badass human. Part of a power couple. Um, True. Uh, she's doing a show, her one-woman show called Deadlift. It's being produced by the local classic rep in Pittsburgh. Cool. Um, it's going to be an online thing. It's going to run from September 30th through October 4th. Tickets on sale soon. Check out the local classic rep in Pittsburgh website. Sweet. Also, another Sacred Fools member, uh, Amir Levy, yep. uh, is in a show called Nathan C. Jones. It is written by another Sacred Fools member named Vanessa Stewart, yep. who's our, one of our current co-artistic directors. Uh, but they're doing it at the Blank Theater, uh, and they've done a wonderful online production. Uh, if you go to YouTube uh, and then type in the Blank Theater. This is all in the notes, um, by it'll the way. Take you can also just go to the notes. Yeah, it'll take you to the channel. Uh, check it out. It's a fun, uh, less than an hour, one-man musical uh, that you need to see. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, on Saturdays and Sundays, we have uh, two other Sacred Fools members, Rob LaCrone and Therese Olson, are doing um, a piece called The Art of Facing Fear. Uh, it's a diverse cast and uses um, innovative uh, digital techniques uh, to do this uh, online storytelling, uh, you can get links uh, at Rob LaCrone, L-E-C-R-O-N-E dot com yep. for more details. Great guy. Therese is also uh, also an awesome person. She's awesome. spectacular. Awesome. Definitely support them. Uh, Very and talented. we'll get more LA theater news as it happens. Absolutely. Hopefully we'll be happy. Anything else? Soon. You guys feel good? You want to? We should b- give a big shout out to Ryan Thomas Johnson. Ryan Thomas yes, Johnson. Ryan. Ryan's our amazing song. theme. And he's a brilliant, brilliant. Which, by the way, has a gypsy reference. We talked about gypsy. Sing out, Louise. He does have a gypsy reference. I think we might have even uh, been like, "Hey, can you put this in there?" Because we really wanted it to. But it's the uh, "Sing Out, Louise." Yeah, Yeah. Uh, I'm all about it. Um, So we love you guys. Uh, You know we should. Thanks, Pam. What should we do? Oh, thanks, Pamela Pamela Quinn, for our song, which we will uh, also outro with. That's what I was going to say. We should outro with Pam's song. Yeah! Yeah! We should do it. I can't wait. It's really good. Uh, It's a beautiful mashup of a bunch of Sondheim songs. Uh, She's she's really good at that. She's written a hundred of those mashups. Um, She's amazing. She's going to do another one for the movie musical episode, which we'll get to. Uh, But thank you so much for listening. Please join us next time. We love you. Love you. Julie Andrews. Stop. 
Fresh, what do you say?